Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, the fan, Dennis Michelson, Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. That means it's time to go inside your NASCAR news. And Lori Monroe, Richmond in the books, but... We used to see wild and crazy racing at Richmond. It was pretty tame. It was tame. And I really think that this whole segment deal is what has sort of tempered that out a little bit. The fact that, you know, you do have a little bit of craziness ending the segments. But I just think between no more debris cautions, everything seems to be so predictable when you have segment racing, there's no, okay, we're going to stay out for 300 laps and pit under green every time. We just don't have that. So there's no sense of, there's no sense of the unexpected about to happen in my opinion. And I think it's the segment racing that's, that's sort of done that for me. Now that we've seen the segment racing for like a year and a third. Yeah. Is this the right way to conduct a NASCAR race or is the jury still out on this? Well, my jury is just get rid of it. I think it was a, a it was a cool experiment. And when they first said that they were going to do segment racing, I wasn't opposed to it because I really thought having something similar to to heat races would be kind of cool. But we've learned it's not even really like that at all. So. I I just like the way a, a normal race with no segments just sort of unfolds by itself. Anything can happen. You can have, for lack of a better term, 40 segments within a, a normal race because there's been weird cautions and everything. But on the other hand, I think they're saying now that there's been such a lack of these quote-unquote debris cautions, and we all know what those were about. So, again, it's going to come back to some sort of pre-manufactured caution because they aren't having any. We don't have cars that blow up anymore the way we used to. So there's no perfect scenario, but I really think the segment racing, there's one part of it is good. But then it just sort of, it creates a predictability to me as well. In the old ASA series. Uh, they used to have a lack of action caution. Where, yeah. Where if, you know, the lead got bigger than three or four or five seconds, depending on the length of the track, and stayed that way for more than a certain number of laps, and it was set at each track to be a little bit different, that they'd throw out the caution and stack them all up and let them go again. Now, I'm not so sure NASCAR could handle something that complicated because they can't seem to get the simple idea of building a pit gun that will work. But the the question is, would there be a, 
how about random lengths of segments? It almost appears to me. Well, no. Can't do the random length either because then that would show favoritism. Okay, we've got Chase Elliott's leading. Okay, now we're going to throw the a segment end. And then meanwhile, he's going to get points for the segment. You just can't do that either. That would look a little bit too fishy when it comes to people. They'd be pointing their finger at NASCAR saying, well, you, you threw the caution now or you ended the, the segment now because so-and-so's in the lead. But what if you have it would never end? What if you have just different lengths at different tracks at different times? So one Oh my god. <laughs> one one week a, a segment is ten percent, then the second per seg- segment is thirty percent, and then oh, the- this is too complicated. It's too, everything as it is now is too complicated. The entire point system is too complicated. Qualifying for the playoffs is too complicated. There's too many things to have to remember. So throwing in, you know, different lengths of segments for different tracks is just, again, something else that can be screwed up because you're going to have, it's all going to come down to people and they can blame things going bad on, well, you know, these guys are overworked. They, they don't know what to do. If you have drivers out there that come out of a driver's meeting and don't even remember that they can't go below a yellow line at a track, there's something wrong here. So you you just can't make, you can't just start making a whole list of different rules for every different event we go to. Okay, so I think we've determined that it's not the rules that cause the lack of action at Richmond. It might be the cars. Have the cars become so aero-sensitive with their packages and the engines lacking in so much power that guys can't pass, that drivers are fearful of making any contact on the track again, even at a short track like Richmond, where we used to see a lot of action? Oh, I don't think they're afraid of making contact. I, I, I really don't. But the thing is, again, these the point deal um, in segments. And you can't you can't jeopardize anything because you're going to miss out on some points. I really don't think anybody's too afraid of leaning on another guy. But, you know, these cars are all so good. They're all so equal that, like I said before, you don't have cars expiring halfway through a race of the first 10 or 20 laps. You don't have field fillers anymore, for lack of a better term. It's just all so, it's just all so eye-rockish. Irockish is the perfect description. That's actually very perfect. Meanwhile, back at the race, Kyle Busch gets his third win mm-hmm. in a row. That was amazing. Yeah. Don't know if we'll see that again. I don't think going into Talladega, he uh, quite has as good a chance. But wouldn't it be cool if he got four in a row and sort of crapped on Harvick's parade? This has been a season of streaks. Yeah. It's crazy. As even as these cars are, as tight as the rule package, as it is IROC in cup Ish. right now, IROC-ish in cup right now, we still have had these little dominant streaks. And this past week at Richmond didn't come easy because Kyle Busch had to start from way, way back in the pack. And I swear that just made it more fun anyway. I swear NASCAR paid him extra 
to agree to start in the back. <laughs> I really do. Because you want to see him come up through the pack. You want to see how good he is. That, that always makes it more exciting for me to have a really good guy, really good car, have to start at the back of the pack for some reason. So this was like the short track Saturday night mentality where the pole sitter gets to choose whether he wants to win an extra $500 from Bernie's drive-in liquors by taking the Bernie's from the back challenge. Yeah, I, I would say so. It works for me. I wonder... I'm sure Kyle Bush would rather just start in the front and not have to uh, go around a bunch of pylons or anything. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Maybe that's an exciting new opportunity for another sponsor to get into NASCAR. I'd go for it. I wonder who would be a good sponsor from the from the rear award. Maybe Preparation H? How about Brock Beard in his last car? Oh, I like the way you think there. Yeah, absolutely. Brock Beard's from the last car challenge. Yeah. Coming to I you like at it. Talladega. I like it. All righty, folks, it is time to step out and take a quick break. You're listening to the NASCAR segment. On the final inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection, 105.7 FM. Dennis and Lori on a Saturday afternoon talking NASCAR and Lori Monroe. One of Wisconsin's very best is going to be back in the seat of a NASCAR stock car soon. For Roush Racing, big surprise announcement this week of Matt Kenseth returning to the sport. Yeah, Jordan Bianchi got this right. He was the only guy who really did, for sure, come up with this. But I'll tell you, leading up to the actual announcement where you had heard about it and then you're sort of waiting for the official uh, news conference from the, the Hall of Fame in Charlotte, you know, you sort of assume that it's really going to happen, but I I almost had myself lathered up into a frenzy because I got so excited because I was just mortified when Kenseth walked away from the sport or, or basically got shoved to the side. I just thought this is way too soon for him to leave the sport. So to hear the rumor that he was coming back, I was doing cartwheels and then leading up to the announcement i i my mind was playing tricks on me that oh this isn't really going to happen he's going to be there as you know a consultant to to bain or stenhouse which to a certain degree he is and we won't see him on the track but we are and i just i am so thrilled i am so thrilled for him i wonder do they have to now pack up and and move back to to charlotte <laughs> are they even going to do that or is he going to commute i just don't know Maybe you can get a timeshare in the Charlotte area, something like that. But the thing is, according to Jack Roush, he wants him there in, in more than just a driver capacity as well. And, and Mark Martin, too. So, you know, you would think that if he's going to be a presence with, uh, at Roush Fenway, then he would probably be a little bit closer. Maybe, maybe they'll just have another residence and... Maybe he'll just get a condo somewhere and just fly in. I, I just don't know. But it's just very exciting. I was thrilled to hear it. Well, here's the thing that, well, some drivers, like Carl Edwards, were stepping aside. Matt Kenseth was being shunned for some reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He 
actively was pursuing a ride and no takers with the major teams, which surprised me because this is a guy that still had a lot left in the tank. Oh, and, yeah. and now moving to Roush Racing, that's good for Matt Kenseth, but is that the end of the road eventually here for Trevor Bain? Is, are his days numbered? Well, you know, according to what Jack Roush has said, you know, he wants Trevor Bain to be a part of the organization too. But in my diabolical little mind and just thinking about Jack Roush and all of the, the gong show situations he's had, all the drivers that have come through there that were the next up and coming thing that this just sort of disappeared or, or they became floor sweepers or spotters or something. It would not surprise me at all. If, if there's been something tossed out there that has both Stenhouse and Trevor Bain in some little in-house contest as to who can finish better in the next several races and whoever finishes better is the guy who's staying on. And, you know, probably, you know, 80% of the people would probably vote Ricky Stenhouse. I really think Trevor Bain will be done at the end of the year. I truly do. And they're just being very kind, very professional about how everything is being done. I truly believe that you will see Matt Kenseth, you know, split the season, however many races they're going to do with him and Bain this year. And then next year, it's all going to be Matt Kenseth help them bring in this new Mustang, get everything sort of filled out and and the whole, all the racing programs scoped out between now and then, and then go into t- 2019 just, uh, just running like a bat out of hell. With Matt Kenseth and some role for Mark Martin returning at Roush Racing, is this some sort of a sign that Jack Roush is taking over more of the day-to-day decision-making at the organization. And wanting more people around him that he completely 100% trusts their opinion, their expertise, their experience. And that brings you right back to, to Mark Martin and Matt Kenseth, even though Jack said that he still was waiting around not wanting to give Matt Kenseth the call because he was still pissed off over the whole uh, Gibbs and Toyota <laughs> deal. Yeah, it's, he just he yeah. that man can hold a grudge longer than anybody I know. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy to see, but you know Kenseth and Martin are two guys that are not going to say what the boss wants them, what he, what they think the boss wants to hear. They're going to speak the truth, but can they figure out? the issues that are going on at Roush Racing or has the, the the problems become so big or is the problem sim- as simple as not having great enough drivers? I'm not really sure what the problem is at Roush. I think all of the above. I truly do. And and according to Kenseth, the fact that the, the organization is sort of whittled down to two cars now and a little bit smaller than it was before it's probably a better starting point to get in there and to see exactly what needs to be done and grow from there. I, I really expect good things over the next uh, over the next few years from there. The other big news at Roush Racing, you mentioned the Ford switch to the Mustang in 2019 in Cup, which uh, just don't like the Mustang and the uh, Camaro being used for nameplates on cars that don't look anything like it. 
but also Stenhouse Jr.'s sponsors have extended their contracts. Is that a sign that he's leader in the clubhouse for the performance uh, challenge over there at Roush? Well, I think probably the results speak for themselves at this point. How can you argue that? Also in the NASCAR news, well, the the teams had equal pit guns, Laurie, but mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that the innovation is still out there because these pit mm-hmm. guns were supposed to be used with nitrogen only, yeah. and some of the teams trying to use other gases to get an advantage – Starting at Talladega, nitrogen only in the pit guns. Yeah, so much for the uh, cornering the market on swamp gas. I was going to start bottling it and shipping it to the teams and getting some good money for it, but I guess that's over with. I hate when that happens. Also, I know. Also in the news, in addition to the new manufacturer coming for Ford, how about this? Composite bodies might be coming to the Cup Series you know, we've had these uh, these kits, these five-star body and a- ABC body kits at the short tracks for many, many years. Could you imagine doing away with the fabricators in the NASCAR teams? No, that would be sad. You got to still have some some sort of some sort of connection to how everything has been done. I like bent up sheet metal myself. Absolutely. Well, it's to Talladega this weekend. Laurie Monroe, who's your pick to win at the big track? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go with Clint Boyer. Why not? It's anybody's game, but I'm going with Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is a fabulous pick, and I'm going to take Brad Keselowski. That'll do it for the NASCAR segment on the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.